listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. On this episode of Dairy Voice, we're pleased to be speaking with Heidi Fisher, a dairy producer from Marathon County, Wisconsin, and Dr. Linda Tuskowski, the Senior Associate Director of Dairy Professional Veterinarian Services for Beringer Engelheim, a large animal health company. Welcome to you both. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Heidi, before we get into the topic today of antibiotic use on dairy farms, tell us a little bit about your farm and your dairy activities at Fisher-Clark Dairy Farm. Sure. Um, We milk uh, around 900 cows, and we're in the process of growing up to just under 1,000 as our end goal. We raise all of our cattle on our farm from young stock all the way up through heifers. And we have, um, we believe in automation in all of our our facilities. So everything has alley scrapers and automated curtains. I believe we're a very technology driven farm. We have SCR collars on our cows and heifers for heat and activity, rumination. And we farm out, we run about 2,300 acres and we do most of it. uh, We do all of it ourselves, except some of the manure hauling we do custom haul, so. From the name Fisher Clark, that implies two families involved, or what? what what's the ownership? Well, currently the ownership is my in-laws, uh, Mike and Sue Fisher, and then my husband and I. There was a second partner, a brother-in-law, and his wife. Um, unfortunately, he has passed away from cancers, but we kept the name Fisher Clark. And uh, Linda, Dr. Tukowski, uh, what's your role with uh, Beringer, and and uh, how have you worked with Heidi and her dairy farm colleagues? It's, it's a pleasure to be here. I am the uh, Senior Associate Director of the Dairy Professional Services. So I manage a, a team of five veterinarians that are located around the United States that are employed by Beringer Ingelheim. And they really function as technical assistants for our dairy producers and with our veterinarians to provide you know, additional knowledge both from their experiences as dairy veterinarians and also about Beringer Ingelheim products. So I am actually based in upstate New York and prior to my time at uh, BI about 10 years ago, I was with the uh, Mastitis and Milk Quality Lab at Cornell University. So my, my passion has always been Mastitis and Milk Quality and so it's exciting for me to kind of work with the, the team at Beringer Ingelheim to especially in cases like this, think how we can help dairy producers manage mastitis and also recognize those that are doing an exceptional job. That's interesting. Back in the day when we were still killing trees to print magazines, we were happy to work with the lab there and, and enjoyed that relationship. Appreciated the work they did. But our topic today is the increasing need for careful use of antibiotics in livestock and dairy. I'd like to start our conversation with this quotation from a news release I received just this week from the PR firm for another animal health company, not Beringer. Writing to ag media members, the release begins, quote, as you know, the overuse of antibiotics in food animals and the resulting antibiotic-resistant infections or superbugs have become an enormous health issue in the U.S., quote, unquote. And while I think this is an exaggeration, it is a perception that we in dairy have to deal with. Let's start by talking about what that says and what it implies for both farmers and pharmaceutical companies. Linda, how does that quote strike you? A little bit on the sensationalist side. I, like you do, I think it's a little inflated in its views, but we do know that there are in hospital settings, superbugs. 
uh, probably more from practices in, in human medicine. Those of us in the veterinary and animal health community are, are just about as concerned about it as, as in the human health. I think any of us who prescribe or use antimicrobials do have a responsibility to make sure that we're using them judiciously, to use them when needed in the right dosage in the right animals and for the right duration of time. It's just part of our, our stewardship. We're, we're careful stewards of the land and I, I think we need to be also careful stewards of the, of the uh, products that we use. So for a company like Beringer Ingelheim, we do produce antibiotics and they are part of our, our sales portfolio. But our position is, is again to use them only when necessary. And so we try to work with veterinarians and the, the producers we work with to help guide them in, in use. And sometimes the, the right use is no use of antibiotics at all. Heidi, talk a little bit about uh, not just that statement, but uh, kind of your point of view and, and, and your family's point of view in working with your cattle when it comes to uh, treatments and antibiotic use. Sure. So first of all, we have a preventative approach um, always, and that's one of the reasons why we invested in the collars that our cows wear, but it's also the theory behind a lot of our protocols and how they're written and why they're posted. We believe in the preventative approach and we believe antibiotics should be our last route. There's a lot of other tools in our toolbox that we can use, and we'd rather go that route before we have to treat a cow with an um, antibiotic or even a calf. Uh, in addition to the technology and the and the collars, uh, talk about that particularly. How how do you and your staff work to prevent disease, therefore not requiring any antibiotics? Sure. Well, first and foremost, we know that um, healthy animals need a great facility to grow in. So we um, have invested a lot of money and technology into the facilities that they're raised in. They have deep sand bedding. They have uh, tunnel ventilation in the calf barn. Um, we have the high monoslope ceilings with ceiling fans for fresh air, clean bedding. And then it goes on to our vaccination protocol. And we're very timely and prompt with our vac vaccination protocol. We work very closely with our vet, um, at least on an annual basis. Everything gets reviewed at least once a year. If we have other health incidences pop up, we do work with her closely in between these times that we have heard health weekly that we meet with her and we talk with her about what's going on is there something we could have done to prevent this and then from there we develop our protocols treatment and doing everything to make that animal healthy so we don't have to rely on antibiotics Hello, I'm Jordan Matthews from Rosie Lane Holstein's LLC in Wisconsin. If you are busy like me, you want a quicker way to get feed pricing and make a feed order with your local mills. FeedTime is a neutral platform that works with local feed mills so they can securely list feed pricing and make feed ordering easy. FeedTime is free for dairies and veteran owned. You can learn more or sign up at www.feedtyme.com backslash dairy producer and tell your feed mill about FeedTime. And we're back. We haven't specifically talked about the uh, program that Beringer Engelheim runs to recognize producers who are successful in this area. We'll come to that. But tell us a little bit about how do you involve your, your staff in some of those conversations, which is what I understand you do. That's correct. Um, our herdsman is obviously very involved with our veterinarian on a weekly basis. And then um, about monthly, we run, we hold employee staff meetings with our milkers and other people on the staff that deal with the cows on a daily basis. And we try to pick different topics and go over those things. Like we went over oxytocin and what does that mean for the cow? 
and how does she respond to it and what is the proper dosing? Sometimes people believe more is better, you know. So we went over all of that um, and we make sure everything is posted and everything is clear and it's in um, both Spanish and English. We just have open dialogue. You know, we want to empower and enable our employees and have them have ownership in the process. And if a problem comes up, we have these meetings, we get them together and, you know, I can, I believe in procedure and protocol, but I also know that these have to be feasible and that they can be done. So I try to work with them to make sure that this is something that they can implement in their workflow. That sounds like a, a great way to do it. You must produce some pretty high quality milk then. What do your uh, somatic cell counts run? Um, right now, our current somatic cell count is uh, around 85,000. We're doing pretty good. Do you offer any sorts of uh, financial incentives, uh, bonuses to your milkers or other employees for achieving quality goals? No, we do not but you make them part of the team. We do. We make them part of the team. And like I said, we do these employee meetings and we try to, you know, do a really good meal for them, a big meal and make, you know, I think the more you can empower them and make them feel like they're not just an employee, they're a part of our success in our story. You get a better, better feedback from them. Linda, this might be the time to talk about the uh, Producers for Progress recognition program that Beringer Engelheim sponsors. I understand you were a judge of the, of the, uh, entries. So you're obviously familiar with some of the programs that Heidi is talking about. Tell us about the contest, about some of the uh, contest entrants, and, and your point of view on on this topic. Sure. So um, at Beringer Ingelheim, as Heidi said, we're very much focused on a preventative approach uh, as well. Most of our, our technical focus is on prevention, on vaccines, and other, other things we can do to prevent disease. Um, there are times when we need to use antibiotics, but you know our mantra has always been to put cattle first and we know that prevention works. I think it was about three years ago, we kind of brainstormed an idea to recognize and, and promote some of these practices and some of these farms that are committed to the judicious use of antibiotics. Just another way that we can demonstrate to our consumers that our producers are using antibiotics thoughtfully and that they are as committed to antibiotic stewardship as as the rest of the industry. So with this, we decided not to make it just a, just a drawing for a prize, but to actually ask for some of the producers to tell their stories so they can self-complete uh, some questions. I think we probably have 10 or 12 questions describing their farm what antibiotic stewardship may mean to them, what are the preventative practices on their farm that helps them identify disease, manage disease, and, and help them choose when or to or not use antibiotics. How they involve their veterinarians is part of it as well, and how they work with their employees to bring this culture of antibiotic stewardship to the uh, public's interest. And so there are, there are three judges. We usually have uh, two independent judges. So Dr. Sandra Godden from the University of Minnesota is a judge, and Dr. Patrick Gordon from the from Iowa State is this another judge. So we receive the entrance, all the entrance uh, information. It's anonymous. We don't know. As a judge, I didn't know Heidi was a winner until it was announced to the rest of the world. Um, we try to make it as independent and really just related to their own answers. I have to say, I love reading these answers. I love reading the stories of these farms. I'm just, it just thrills me to see the kind of commitment our producers have out there. And it, I find it should be very reassuring to our consumers. 
as Heidi was talking about her programs, I was expecting that you were not only familiar with it, but also that kind of music to your ears. How, how many uh, entrants, how many, how many herds submitted uh, applications this year? I'm thinking, I'm trying to think through the spreadsheet. I think we had about 100 entrants this year. So when we when we get the spreadsheet with all the answers, it's quite a task to read through those. And all of them are, are great entries. So I really commend Heidi for being the cream. She rose to the top with her answers. And, and also, I think the story she told us judges. Is this an annual contest? And will there be one next year? It's an annual contest. I think this was our third or fourth year. And as far as I know, it we will continue because we want to have the public know what our producers are doing. And we're very proud of the producers we work with. Of the uh, management approaches that Heidi just described, Linda, talk to us about what you see in other herds, what you saw in some of the entrants in the contest, and what some of your veterinarian colleagues are, are seeing and doing in, in different parts of the country. Obviously, weather and facilities have a big impact on how herds are managed. Sure. A geography has a big impact on that. But I would say the changes I've seen in the dairy industry, in management and cow comfort in the past 20 years have been key to improving milk production, improving milk quality, and improving animal health. I see the dairy industry continuing to progress with technology. The collars or the, you know, the ear tags that give the producer almost a minute-by-minute report on how that cow is doing that particular day is key to identifying disease early and maybe using some non-antibiotic treatments to kind of restore health or relieve stress. And I see that continuing to progress. We have technology in the milking parlor now that give, may give us reports on, on somatic cell count, on flag mastitis early, may ultimately predict other diseases as we move into the future. So across the board, I see you know, our most successful dairy producers adopting technology. They're adopting it from the from the calf hutch all the way through the uh, the milking string. So I commend Heidi on that. I think for veterinarians, our day is better when we're we're helping producers succeed. You know, no one likes a sick cow, and so we can have we can be part of the team to help enhance animal health on these on these dairies. Heidi, tell us a little bit more about your protocol development. I, I think you mentioned, or at least implied, that your veterinarian works with you on these two as well as you take them to the staff themselves. How long have you been working on protocols? What's your, what's your procedure? For example, you bring in some new technology, you need some new protocols. How, how do you put them together and, and how do you review them? Well, anytime, whether it's a protocol or a new piece of technology, um, I work very closely with our herds person because he's got a great insight on the day-to-day workflow of what's all going to, what it would it all take to get something implemented. And then I also work with our veterinarian. You know, it might be the best vaccine, but if it's not easy to use or it doesn't work into our workflow, then it can become cumbersome. Our goal at our farm is to touch our animals as least amount of times as possible. The best example I can give for that is on herd health day when our heifers are being bread checked, they're already locked up. It's at that point that we place the activity collar on them 
and give them their vaccination. So they're being touched only once and they're already locked up and it's just easier for us to go through. It reduces animal stress and it also reduces employee stress that they're not being required to go back up there a second time on a different day. It just makes sense to do the workflow as efficient as possible. And that's one thing that we strive for. So um, anytime before we implement anything, we have to sit down and make sure that it makes sense not only financially for the well-being of the animal, but also for our staff as well. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you must have a pretty high level of production too. I don't think I heard you say what your herd, herd production is. At World Dairy Expo, our energy corrected milk was at 105 pounds. So we do have a high producing herd. Uh, do you participate in DHI testing with your herd? Yes, we do. Does that information play into your uh, management strategies here and, and herd health protocols? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, we just started testing a year and a half ago, I believe it was. And that was one of the focuses when we decided to start testing is that we weren't going to just test and look at the information. We needed, to, if we we're going to pay for it, we're going to use the data that was provided. So we watch our butter fat and our protein closely. And it's from that DHI testing that we get that somatic cell count. And then that's what really kicks off our mastitis culturing program, our protocol that we have in place. So we definitely took that information that we're getting at monthly and we do use it. I presume, uh, although I don't want to assume, herds of your size and success often have a, an outside nutrition advisor uh, working on your, herd, on your herd diets. Where does nutrition fit into your herd health scheme? Uh, nutrition is just as important as anything else. So we believe in not only um, the cow comfort with the barns and then good medical care, but we do believe in good nutrition. So we work with our nutritionist on a weekly basis. And if um, something should come up, he stops back out a second time that week if needed. And we test our feeds on a weekly basis as well. If you could uh, snap your fingers and budget weren't a consideration, or even if it were, what do you see coming down the road? Where, where, where is your herd headed? What's the technology? What would you like to have be the technology? I guess for us, I would really like to get into maybe flushing some of our the top 5% of our cows and using our heifers to carry that. I think that, that we have some good genetics for production and butter fat and protein, and that's definitely something I want to keep pushing for. Um, we have a monthly, or excuse me, twice a year, we have what we call roundtable meetings. So it's the management team on our farm, and then we bring in our veterinarian, our nutritionist, even our banker. There's probably 12 to 15 of us. It's a, the, the lead person from each aspect, from breeding, nutrition, dairy equipment, everybody. And we sit down twice a year. We go through um, the past six months performance on the farm. We look for hot spots, we call them, areas that you know maybe slip from our goals and how we can improve those. And then we look to the next six months and set new goals that way. And I firm believer in communication. So I try to get everybody on the same page, everybody rowing in the same direction so that they know what um, Mike and John and my goals are so that they can suit um, shoot for those goals as well because in a farm as ours when it's running as efficiently as it is and at the top speed we don't have time for somebody to be a lone ranger we all need to be on the same idea and that doesn't happen automatically no it does not and it you know it you can try to communicate individually and it just doesn't work so we just found twice a year june and december we sit down and we bring everybody to the table and we have these conversations and we set goals just so that you know uh, at our farm, we're setting goals that are reasonable for that particular company, what they can do for us, but also it will work with us and what we can do as well as far as work, workflow and implementing something. 
Speaking about your breeding program and your wish to uh, maybe do some flushing, have you incorporated some of the health traits that are becoming uh, available on sires? Is that part of your breeding consideration? It really isn't. I think because we have um, such a proactive approach that, um, and with the collars and with our herds people that we have on staff, it's really not a focus for us. We're more driven by um, protein and butter fat and then the A2, A2. That's something that I think is going to be coming hopefully in the future. And so we're kind of breeding towards those goals. I hope maybe have a chance for another conversation to talk about A2A2 and where you sell your milk and how you hope to realize a margin on that product. Well, yeah, our current milk company right now doesn't, um, it gets made into cheese. Um, they don't really have an avenue for it right now, but I know that they've been doing some research too. So I'm hoping at some point, maybe we will have a pen of just A2 cows and that the milk gets put into a separate tanker and that's going to be a different revenue source for us. So never know. Sounds exciting. Linda, what can you uh, what can you leave us with as we kind of wind this up? We're getting toward the end of our allotted time. Do you have some reactions to what you've heard from Linda now that you're speaking with her directly and rather than just looking at her entry form? I always love to meet the person behind the the answers, and it's exciting to hear about what I consider the the keys for a successful dairy beyond just you know good genetics and cows is how how people communicate how they involve their employees and and the training that goes on and and the communication with the whole team that that uh, is involved in milk production so it's you know it's exciting for me to hear how Heidi has is managing this dairy and the level of commitment that that she shows to it and that the and that she involves her her workers as well I really think that's the the key if can I ask Heidi a, a quick question? Is that sure. possible? Can you just because I'm very interested in this and I think this is key to to dairy is can you describe like your training program for your your workers on your dairy? Sure. So um, if it's like a milker, we always have them job shadow for about a week or two, depending on the role in that milking, if they're pushing or being in the parlor. And then from there, we just kind of let them go on their own. We always make sure that they're with an experienced other, because we have two people in our parlor and then one person milking. So we always make sure that there's an experienced person on staff that knows how to manage um, switching the tankers over or what we do when we get to that. Our very last pen of cows we milk is our treated cows. So obviously we have to be very conscious and very very aware of what's going on at that point that we use that treated milk on our farm to feed our calves. We want to make sure that they're handling that milk completely separate from the, the shippable milk. So from there, and then we also have all of our protocols posted in, again in both English and Spanish. And then we always follow up with them. And then at our staff meetings, um, we go over at the end of every staff meeting, I kind of have like a standing agenda. So I always try to bring in a speaker, somebody else. So it's not just like Eduardo, our herds person or myself talking to them, but I'll bring in our veterinarian. We did a biopsy of an udder and show them how an udder works. So we try to do more hands-on with different people involved. And then we always end our meeting by going over our um, parlor protocol and procedure, like what's the proper milking procedure that we have and how to identify any cows that have potential mastitis. So um, we kind of have that and that's greatly helped bring our somatic cell count down and helped really get everybody on board so they feel like they own their position. That's super. I like to hear those stories. So, you know, I would say Beringer Ingelheim is thrilled to support farms like like Heidi's, and we look forward to continuing to support them in the future. Your success is our success, and we are as committed to antibiotic, uh, judicious antibiotic use as, as the rest of the dairy community. 
Thank you. It's quite the honor. Um, I talked with my, the other employee, my CAF manager, Bree, um, her and I kind of completed the application together. And we just said that winning this prize kind of gave us the affirmation we needed that we are doing the correct thing. And that's truly what we believe at our farm is anytime we do anything with our animals, it has to be the right thing to do for the animals. So winning this has greatly affirmed that. Thank you both for, for sharing your stories and uh, Heidi particularly for taking time out of your out of your routine. We've been speaking today with dairy farm partner Heidi Fisher in Wisconsin and Dr. Linda Toskowski of uh, Beringer Engelheim located in, in upstate New York. We thank you both very much for being with us on Dairy Voice. And I'm Joel Hastings for DairyBusiness.com.